0: Previously on Transformers Chronicles.
1: Pat, do you know who Sky Lynx is? Uh uh. Eh, yeah, stick a pin at. it. Might get to see him later on. Sometimes.
2: Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel years.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. I am Delvin. AKA The Dark Web. And in case you're new to the show, welcome. And let me tell you what this thing is all about. We're going for a wild, crazy ride, chronicling an awesome, wacky, and yes, sometimes corny world of Marvel Comics, the Transformers, but I will never be going at it alone. First up, we have the founder of the Long Longbox Crusade, the novice to the Transformers world, the seeker of the matrix of knowledge. His name is Pat Sampson. Pat, how are you tonight? I am doing well, Delvin.
3: Thanks for letting me be here again. I'm excited to be here to talk some
1: transformers. Heck yeah, we we, we got some kids that actually. Came. You always ask the question. You always ask the question. He's like, "Is so and so going to be back?" Like yeah. you know, in the series, and we're like, "No, no, they're not." And then now, like you now, yes, we we, we got four kids and a teddy bear who they're are back. back. They're back. They weren't. They weren't just here for one issue. They're back for the second issue. So this is the space. I, you know what?
3: In reading on, I'm not going to give away, but I think they're back the next issue, mm-hmm. possibly as well too. So I think I'm going to call this one the Space Hitchhiker or the Space Hikers
1: trilogy. Mm, got it. Space Hikers trilogy. Not bad. I don't. I don't know. If they get to tour anymore of the galaxy. If they do, like at one point, they've got to at least have one panel where the parents are like hey where's the kids where the the hell are my kids (laughs) it's been like three days and surely they need to come back to eat anyway we will move on to the transformers expert of the show he's the lesser half of married watching cartoons and the rod pod he is our provider of knowledge he is jonathan Schaefer. hey how you doing jonathan
2: hello delvin doing all right <laughs> i think to address your our question there just to remind you that this was the 1980s which was a time that kids could just be sent off to god knows where and the parents could literally look around freedom you know, as long as they were out of their hair they didn't care where we were if they would have known we were in the junkyard they might have come out and stopped us but
1: well, what i was reminded of was like nowadays it's normal that like if your kids like you know 13 or 14, like they possibly have like a babysitter or something. And I always laugh at that. Like I my parents, well, I I had one babysitter. I was eight. And my parents had to go somewhere and they're like, all right. And my brother's best friend, they let him, Gerald, they let him babysit me. He was there for 30 minutes. He's like, Man, you're good. and he left and I was good I just sat in the house and watched tv and like it didn't get in any trouble and I already knew not to answer the door for strangers and very similarly like my parents like my dad in particular which I'm very grateful for now like there would be times because I was the bookish kid I would sit in I'd want to play Nintendo I'd want to read books or comic books or whatever my dad would just sometimes like okay go out and play and and figure it out. So I had to go out and learn social skills and meet people and stuff like that. And I'm grateful for it. I'm here today. I didn't die. That's good. So like John didn't die, I didn't die. But you know, we are gonna move on to the greater half of Mary Watching Cartoons and the Rod Pod. She's slightly younger, so she may not know about all this 80s stuff and growing up in the 80s. You know, she might have to just take her word for it. Her name is Maggie. Schaefer Haynes. Hello, man. From
0: 1989. There was actually a kid in my French class. We were learning how to say our birthdays, and I had to learn how to say, and I can't say 1989 in French now, but I could then. And he's like, yeah, way to be born in the 80s. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Weird flex, but I'll take it. <laughs> Weird flex. Was not a phrase then.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> in it was not.
0: 2006.
2: <laughs> That's how they would know you were a time traveler if you were to use it. You know, back in 2006 or even
0: 1980s. Uh, That's true. Now. But no, I was I was a latchkey kid myself, so I I know the whole thing of coming home, like getting myself to the bus mm-hmm. stop on my own, getting myself home from the bus stop on my yeah. own, mm-hmm. getting a little something to eat. I'd always have to call my mom and let her know that I got home okay. And she'd say, okay, watch some TV, eat something, do your homework. Well, and I was home by myself starting in like, ooh, fourth grade, a little well, bit of third.
2: There was also a differences in your experience, depending on if you grew up urban or rural. We grew up very rural. We were a mile out of town, out of a very small town. And basically, it, whenever our parents out of, went out of town, they had that we had to be babysat until I was old enough to be able to understand that what a chimney fire sounded like and what I was to do <laughs> if I wanted to avoid the entire house burning
1: down. So,
0: oh, yeah, you guys, they had a wood burning stove until like five years ago. Yep. In your that's, house.
1: That's awesome. I grew up with I grew up with a bathtub. I did not have a shower until like my late teens, wow. and I'm and I wound up moving to a different house when I went to live with my mom. But yeah, I grew up with a bathtub. So since we're thinking about it, I can't tell you 1989 in French. I remember 19 though, it was de snurf because mm-hmm. like was yeah, uh, decept, the de sweet, de snurf, and then 20, <laughs> whatever 20 is. It yes, ben. it's
0: V I N G T.
1: Yes, yes, my, my. Very amateur level of French kicked in. I I, mm-hmm. I taught. I learned it for four years, and and I didn't use it, so it completely fell by the wayside.
0: I took it for two, and then I got to go to France for two weeks, and it was amazing. Nice. I did not <laughs>
1: get to go to France, or maybe it would have sunk in a little bit deeper. You know, <laughs> it's okay. You know, you know what it did sink in? Transformers comics. That's not. The game. <laughs> and and that's that, what
0: that counts <laughs> really at the end of the day.
1: I mean, especially for this podcast, right? And, and you know, that wasn't the best transition in the world, but you know what? You know, you get what you pay for. The purpose of this podcast will be tackling all of Marvel Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way to the series end at issue 80. We are almost halfway there. We will answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our ability and see how these books we loved as a kid hold up to our eyes as an adult now. This podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So Pat, John, Maggie, let's talk about Skylinks and a game of nobody being where they should be right after this.
4: The Transformers will return after these messages. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheely and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine. And edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.big. Cartel.com. That's the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, creator Jared albrecht the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic Con appearances. Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about
2: it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids.
4: Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a- a Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton versus Burr, a werewolf tale. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be
1: covering today is Transformers issue 36. And here is John with the cover description.
2: Okay. We will be engaging in everybody's favorite pastime. John doing this live because he forgot to write this up earlier. So the cover of Transformers 36 has Grimlock in his uh, usual of late position in the upper left corner box transformed into dinosaur mode uh the more than meets the eye banner is in red as is the v before transformers but a slightly different shade of red transformers itself is in white background with a yellow trim uh which is sitting atop the action what we're seeing here is a side shot of the arc with a Gangplank um, extending from it on that plank prominently uh, disp- uh, ready to walk it, as it were, are the four delightful, lovely children that we met last issue, including the one with the bear. The bear looks most concerned <laughs> about events of all of them, but none of them look very happy about this uh, behind them and prodding them along their way are two Dinobots in robot mode. I want to say one of them snarl, and I don't know which the other one is. Uh, some of our fans can tell me later. Taking up most of the attention on the cover, swooping up from the back is Skylink's, who in his transformed to Dino or partially transformed to dino mode as he's shooting up with Buck Rogers style rocket jet shooting off behind him. He looks terrifying. And if you don't know who he is, uh, when you pick this up, you're not sure whether or not the kids should be thrilled. He's coming or more afraid. The background is standard Marvel space with a bunch of streaky white stuff behind and stars in the background. I think this one's pretty cool. And that is number 36 surely you have more to say than i think it's pretty cool oh right? you want me to talk first about it well, i of like course, this one. yes
1: absolutely
2: yeah this one's great uh uh i'm gonna uh, make a comment i say a compliment i say rarely in that i really like the colors of this one in particular it really the uh pops out at you the entire action is great Skylinks looks great I mean, I like the character anyway, so I was pumped to see this one. Uh, but even if I didn't know who this wa- who this was, I would want to find out. And I love how space is done in comics, especially back in the '80s and double especially in Marvel. And this is a great example of that. And um,
1: this just uh, pretty great all around. I'm going to I'm be glad I'm sitting down that you gave credit to the colors. I'm not quite sure what to do with that yet. I'm going to pass it to Pat and um, and go fetch me some smelling salts.
3: <laughs> well, I am going to agree with Jonathan on this one as well, too, with I didn't know what Skylink's was. Was he good? Was he bad? He's got that kind of grimacing, kind of scary face and the tail and the, the talons coming off of his feet was really scary but i do like the whole artwork in this all i think it's a great uh, conceptually put together uh, makes you wonder what's actually going to happen i do recognize all four of the kids and the teddy bear so that's a good thing from the previous story and i again like the attention to the teddy bear's face in this one as it looks kind of scared uh at you know seeing how far up they are
1: nice nice maggie what do you think
0: Well, I agree with John and Pat in that I really like the cover. Um, I think Skylinks does look kind of spooky. And if I hadn't already known that he was an Autobot, I wouldn't like Pat. I wouldn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Uh, And that's kind of fun. But I I will point out that the two Dinobots in the background are kind of floating above the gangplank, kind of just very stiffly, and looks kind of odd because the kids are just in like these little rubber boots. And they're walking on the ground, but the two Dinobots aren't, and they look a little strange. And also, Daisy is not wearing her environmental suit, because the little girl, I don't remember any of the kids' names, I'll be honest. I think one of them is Sammy. I know Daisy is the teddy bear. Um, But the little girl specifically asks that Daisy also, she says, you forgot Daisy. And they make Daisy a little helmet, too. And she's not wearing that on the cover, and she would be. As they're walking these kids off into space.
1: <laughs> it's, it's bad. I remember the teddy bears, Daisy. And um, I, I remember the kid that most looks like me. His name is Sammy. So give, give me I feel yeah. somewhat bad about that, but you know what? I'll get over it. <laughs> the, <Yeah>. the cover. <laughs> it? For the, That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, I would, I wouldn't have been mad if you were to remember the girl's name. Right. So.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Go,
2: but- go freaking figure. Hey, the cover seems to indicate that they're not long for this world anyway, so we don't have to remember their names all that much longer. <laughs>
1: oh, no. Oh, John. Okay. Oh, come on. Oh, they're man. children. I'll oh. have to read it to find out. <laughs> That's true. And I tell you what, this cover, uh, the, there are a lot of things to like about it. I you could, I guess you can do a lot with the uh, background of the blackness of space. I do like that they added the white specks to like, maybe be Stars or planets or asteroids or whatever the heck it added just a little bit of color to it. in Skylinks, I mean, what a perfect backdrop for a mostly red and white character of that black background of space. And the Dinobots there, you know, sort of looking like sentries while the kids are out on the gangplank. It's like, so are these kids just kind of out there on some adventure? Are they being made to walk up the, walk the plank? What is going on? Why would children be made to walk the plank? with a bunch of robots. That seems weird. So, there's a lot of things that would capture your eye on this cover that were um, something that might make you want to pick it up out of curiosity. You definitely would pick it up if you know any idea of who Skylinks is. I guess if you're one of those spoiled kids that, you know, parents had money and they could buy you a Skylinks. Sons of Okay, uh, That is the cover, so let's go ahead and rate it. 1 to 10 is what we do here on Transformers Chronicles, modeling it after the tech specs of old. 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, and Pat looks like he is ready to give a rating for the cover.
3: I'm going to give this one an 8. I think it's very well done, meets the needs, and the coloring was great on it as well. Not used to this complimentary...
1: coloring things about for Nellie Yumtov. I don't know what to do. Maggie, what would you rate this cover?
0: I'm gonna give it a nine. I'll even, nice. yeah, I'll even raise it one. I really like the cover. I thought it was great. Nice. Uh
1: I'll go. I think I'm about to eight myself. I think it's a good cover. I mean it's there's nothing bad about it. And Frank Springer, who has uh, drawn this cover, I, I give him credit, like his cover art for Transformers has been good. I really like last issue's cover. Where you had Defensor and you have Bruticus and like he's like Bruticus is smacking Defensor with a train for Pete's sake that took a lot of detail and this one wasn't lacking on detail either you can tell it it looked like it was not a rush job that he took his time on it and so that's very much appreciated at least John John what would you rate it
2: Uh, I'll go with a nine as well Um, I was critical of the last one for the coloring so I will uh, bump this one up for the coloring it's only fair.
1: So a 9 it is. Absolutely, and we are a very fair podcast. So, there you go. Here's Pat with the credits for the issue. Well, Dovin, I'm glad you asked. Transformers
3: number 36. It's on sale date was September 22nd of 1987. Cover date though was January 1988. Cover price was $1. Story is by Bob Budiansky. Pencils go to Jose Delbo. Inks Ian Aiken and Brian Garvey. Colors is Neil Yamtov. Letterer is Diana Elbers. Editor is Don Daly. And cover credits go to Frank Springer. This is all thanks to Mike's Amazing World and TFWiki.net.
1: Thanks, Pat. Time for the synopsis. In a world transformed where things are not what they see. It is a world of the transformers.
0: More than, more than meets the me eye.
1: <laughs> see, there it is, Maggie. Yeah. Every time. I
0: love it. It gets me. Every time.
4: It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the transformers. The transformers.
1: Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil
4: forces of the Decepticons.
2: The Transformers. Robots in the skies. The Transformers. The
1: Transformers from Marvel Comics. The title of this issue was Space Hikers. So Jet, Sammy, Alan, Robin, and Daisy that's Robin's teddy bear, are caught in one weird game of switcheroo. Guess we start at the beginning. Wheeljack has had enough of Grimlock's poop and asked Skylink's to come from Cybertron to help get rid of Grimlock. That was a prequel of sorts. The kids and Blaster were riding along in the Decepticon Blastoff. Blastoff is being controlled by a device, remember? When the Ark attacked him. Knowing they can't evade the Ark, Blaster is ready to surrender. Nope. Sammy throws Blaster out of Blastoff. What a scamp. So Grimlock finally thinks he gets Blaster, but instead gets four kids and Daisy. That's Robin's teddy bear. While Blaster hitches a ride on a satellite to get back to the Ark, on the Ark, Grimlock takes the kids and Daisy, outfits them in space suits and sentences them to death. Sort of, he was kind of faking it, but as Grimlock makes the kids take a walk off of the plank in order to lure Blaster, Sky Lynx shows up instead. <laughs> what a scam. So Blaster sneaks onto the Ark and, well, first Sky Lynx, and the kids and Daisy. They're all being chased by the Ark and once the Ark hits a Meteor Shower, they're being chased by the Dinobots, which Sky Lynx does well at invading, but the Dinobots got smart and simply surrounded the big robot knowing he has humans inside who are running out of oxygen. (laughs) Grimlock, scamp. Lastly, on the arc, Blaster reveals himself to the Autobots who are like, man, lead us, Grimlock sucks. And while Blaster doesn't want to per se, he does agree that the Autobots should whoop Decepticons and protect humans. To that end, Blaster finally surrenders to Grimlock to protect humans and Daisy. What a scamp. So let's talk about the book on Transformers Chronicles. We take terms bringing up something from the comics, starting with, but not limited to, <laughs> goods and bads. And then everyone discusses. I heard Maggie clear her throat, so she is up first.
0: Oh, no, you muted <laughs> <laughs> us at the wrong time, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> well, okay, if I must, and I guess I shall. I think the first thing that kind of jumped out at me when I was reading this was at the very beginning, we've got a great splash page of... Skylinks coming through warp space and, and apparently is coming back into regular space. And the entire time, though, that he's flying, he's like musing over his own origin story <laughs> I love it. to himself as he's flying through space. And I, I mean, I appreciated it because they did it very efficiently and then they caught you up to the current like timeline um, within like a page. So it, I, I felt it was kind of worth it to take a step back and say, hey, this is who Skylinks is, and this is what he's been doing, you know, up until now and why he's doing what he's doing now. Cause Wheeljack had asked him to, uh, but I just thought it was kind of funny that he was just telling himself his own origin story. <laughs> I mean, he is all alone, he's gotta keep himself entertained somehow. And I think is Skylink's the one that often thinks he's the best at the things he does. Yes,
2: I mean this is actually pretty on brand for yeah. Skylinks, I was gonna
0: say both. so he, telling himself his own story might just be what he does. He's like, <laughs> Oh, I can
2: remember what it was like three hours ago when I was being used by, for target practice by
1: Decepticons. Yeah. But then Wheeljack called me, you know, that kind of. Absolutely. And I'm surprised that Maggie did not start off by saying that Bob Budeski brought back up Vorns again.
0: Oh, I was going to do that. Okay. Well, since you brought it up, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) 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 Because when I got to that part with the 50,000 Vorns, which is approximately 83 Earth years, it's like four point some odd million years is. How long that's been going on? She asked the echo device. I did. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that math, but yeah, fifty thousand times eighty three, four point some odd million. Yeah,
1: that's a lot of fighting, huh?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's four point some time. million years of war can grade on anyone's gears. I'd say so. I'd I would agree.
1: So. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, four minutes of war will do it. Four million? I have no idea. Pat, you're up. What do you got? Good, bad, high, low. Talk to me.
3: Well, this issue was very good. I think, um, I liked the story that was going on. You have, as Maggie mentioned, the introduction of Skylings here, who I didn't know who he was, but I thought was like, Hey, this is a really cool looking kind of ship. And uh, what he turns into, uh, is interesting as well too. And I thought it was good to have a little setback or I don't want to say setback, but, uh, of like how he came to be and how he got here that he's helping out Wheeljack. And mm-hmm. what's going on with the whole trying to overcome Grimlock with his cray crayness? Because Grimlock yeah. is, you know,
1: he's cray cray. I mean, yeah, he he kind of been cray. That's yeah, but he's going cray, cray. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, he choked Will Jack. I mean, Will Jack didn't even yeah. have a neck, and he he still found a way. <laughs> <laughs> still found a way.
0: He Still found an enemy on him we didn't know he had.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was that was, that was incredible feat of strength by Grimlock. Uh, keep going, Pat. So, that's just one of
3: the the things that I liked on this one. There was a lot of good character moment and building uh not only with the basically kind of with all the characters. I think the, we got some stuff on the kids as well, too. Um, you know, you didn't want to see them get hurt at all. So I kind of started to feel for them like, man, what is is Grimlock going to do to these kids? And he's, you know, putting them out there like that. Just blast, you know, blaster too. So I don't want to go into maybe something else somebody has. So,
1: okay. Yeah. I'll say that, you know, there's Grimlock who, uh, I mean, he cray. That's that's not debatable, but he wasn't so crazy where it's like, okay, I'm not really going to kill the kids, but he was cray enough where he's like, I absolutely will use these kids as leverage. And he did so twice. Like, yeah, go ahead, John. Oh, plus, I don't know if he gets
2: any points for the, well, he wasn't really going to kill him. He was going to throw him off of the plank, assuming that Blaster would rescue him. He had no plan beyond that. Yeah. If Blaster was a bit delayed in his whole thing, suddenly it's a bunch of floating kids in orbit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have been kind of a dark comedy. It's like 30 minutes later (laughs) and Grandma's like, any any second now, me know he's showing up. (laughs) Meanwhile, kids, out of oxygen, going to die soon. Yeah, not a good look. bear
2: somehow saves them. Yeah,
1: Daisy to the (laughs) rescue. Let's go, Daisy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Keep going, John.
2: I was just enjoying just speaking of Daisy and the others. Um, uh, much like the last one, Daisy um, does seem to be rather expressive and aware of what, uh, at least the nature of the situation, in that it's bad, and <laughs> she, Daisy wishes she wasn't there.
0: She looks the most concerned out of all of them, most of the time. <laughs>
2: um, I like it takes Blaster is now realizing another a valuable lesson about children that he didn't have the time to learn on Earth in the midst of the huge fight between the super robots, which is if you put them in an enclosed space for too long, well they're going to climb every wall they possibly can.
0: Literally bouncing off the walls. <laughs> yeah, zero gravity. you know.
1: That's true. That's true. That
0: true. I, I
1: give the kids some credit, though. I mean, while in the grand sense, they were kind of pawns, you know, albeit unwittingly, I do like that they advanced the action because Sammy did a pretty brave thing. Blaster was like, okay, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give myself up now. And Sammy was like, nope, okay. Threw them right out the airlock. Like, no, like, I don't care what, but they're not going to get you. They can like, cause you're too, you're too good. We're not going to let that happen. So I like that they did use them. Like they weren't just damsels. They were actually a good contributing part of the story.
0: Yeah. The kids had some agency. And I think, I mean, blaster has a couple, like a scary moment, you know, in, in the couple actually. Uh, but what the kids face, I think is even more impressive because they're children, you know, and they're faced with these new Transformers that they haven't met before. And they're, they've they only just met, you know, a couple and some of the Decepticons. And they put their lives on the line for Blaster because he saved them once. And Sammy says, now it's our turn to, you know, save one of you. And he throws him out an airlock into space. <laughs> Can
2: I add that that was disturbingly easy for him to do? Yeah. To be able to, well,
0: bye. It's like.
2: Maybe that was just one bit of blast off, you know, we're getting we're getting control. like so long, suck
1: It would be fun to know exactly what Blastoff was thinking this. I am like, ain't this about him?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, can he actually uh, can he actually know what's happening and he just can't do anything? It's like Yeah,
0: because wow. you remember
1: you you remember Blaster had the same device attached oh, to him. Yeah. He was he was aware of everything that was going on. He was just trapped in radio mode and sitting in a drainage pipe and couldn't mm-hmm. you know,
0: That's more disturbing. Yeah. yeah,
1: this is a pretty non Autobot thing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, he didn't have time to think it out. Maybe he's pondering this the whole time that he's. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy, we gotta get we gotta wrap this up, kids.
0: This, this is a big moral dilemma. I don't know what
1: we're gonna do. <laughs> Okay, that's a pretty cool first round. Surely we got some more stuff to talk about. Uh, Pat, what do you got? Well, I want to go back to
3: um, the artwork in this one. I think the artwork was very well done throughout the whole issue. Um, It kept me turning the page along with the story, and it was telling me everything I needed to know that wasn't being filled in with the words. I enjoyed the color as well, too, on this one, where... You know, some things weren't in some of the other issues. You know, weren't done well or just miskind of colored. I think things were done pretty good on this issue overall.
1: There was only one thing that I saw that was a critique, and that was when they were letting the kid. They're about to let, make the kids walk the gangplank. It looked like a host of Autobots were like completely floating out in space in the middle of yeah. nowhere. There was another one where they mistook blastoff for Skylinks. Like it's very clear that should have been blast off, but instead it was Skylinks. I'll find the page. And while I find it, John, go ahead. Yeah. There were a couple of things. I, I also, I like the art overall. The most
2: of the issues that I do see there was that one in particular. And there's a couple of the other ones where the Autobots look like they were just copied directly off of their reference art. And, and and that to be fair, this is this guy's first issue. And he's asked to draw a lot of Autobots. yeah, And and he does a pretty good job. And in a lot of them, they are, you know, making different expressions and stuff. He does accidentally draw the robot Twin Twist here somewhere who has not appeared before or that, doesn't
3: since. Is that the guy with the two propeller things? Yeah, the, the jump starter. Okay. Yep. I was wondering who that one was. I'm like, I don't know what that guy is, but I've seen yeah, him before. I think somebody had the toy in the
2: office and... He said John, John, what page was that? Oh, where is it? Pat,
1: did you just see that?
3: Uh, I'd have to go back. Where was that one?
1: While y'all are looking for that, I will say it was page seven where when Sammy throws Blaster out of the airlock, it, the bottom of page seven, it, like the uh, craft that is flying away is Skylinks. That That is not a picture of Blaster. Oh, that is.
0: Yeah, and right and that. Us, oh. yeah.
1: And that kind of confused me a bit. Uh, have y'all yeah. found the page that you're looking for? Nope.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Know, no. Well, I see him in uh, 13.
0: I'm in all In no.
3: 13, I know. Uh, he's kind of there in like a ghosty kind of form. 13. I, I don't have the content page. Because uh, so. uh, Grimlock is going, silence will be carried out immediately. Oh, or so sentence. sentence will be carried out, yeah. Does that okay
2: with the. It's either him there, or where was it? That's Seaspray. That's Seaspray there. I think it's earlier. Um, It's where Grimlock is sitting on his throne, um, where they bring the humans in. And there's all of the ones in the background. And you've got, I think, Snarl. And then next to him is Swoop. And then kneeling down right by Grimlock.
1: I'm not sure who that's supposed to be.
3: Okay. Maybe I was getting Seaspray.
1: Well, I will ask, though, um, and we can start back if you want to. Yeah, we point out some of the mistakes, but, you know, I mean, I think none of us are professional artists. But this is the first issue of Jose Delbo, which I would in my head, I had drawing somewhere in the mid 20s. I did not think that I think we may become have come to the end of the Don Perlin Uh, Run on the book and uh, kudos to Don Perlin because he did some really good art for the transformers. And I'm, I'm grateful to have witnessed his artwork. He did really, really good stuff, but I think the general consensus is pretty good about Jose Delbo. Uh, We can pass it around. I I can say for certain, I liked it. I liked his work. I thought he had pretty clean work. He definitely didn't take any shortcuts uh, when it came to the robots and I mean, Skylinks is not an easy one to draw. Skylinks is kind of like they this cool, where it's like two different parts. Where it's like one part is like the space shuttle, and the other part is this other thing. And he can he's like a well, part links part like pterodactyl. It, it's kind of a cool robot, and he didn't, I, he took no shortcuts on him or any of the of the other robots at all. So I thought he did a good job. Uh What do you think, Pat?
3: I agree with you, Delvin. Too, I'm not knowing too much what uh skylinks is supposed to look like uh, i just thought you really drew it out very nice and especially with the different changes that you know they were kind of featuring him in this one but along with like you said all the other uh all the other robots in here as well too uh, you know blaster grimlock the dino
1: bots all of them looked really nice Wheeljack, nice nice um maggie What do you think? What do you think about Jose's artwork?
0: I liked the artwork throughout. I I really did. Um, One of the things that actually stood out to me in terms of the artwork, though, and this might be more like of a self-reflection thing. Like, what does this say about me? But I feel like Blaster was drawn to look kind of handsome in this issue. He has a very, (laughs) like, he has a very chiseled chin. And, like, in every close-up of him, he's got, like, a very human-shaped mouth and chin. And his skin looks more golden than just yellow. He's also got a couple good hero poses that he gets to make. I feel like, I don't know. He- <laughs> I mean,
1: I mean, oh boy, commandeered a satellite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Which is awesome. And, and it, <laughs> so cool.
1: Even, even my, like the space background I have, I'm like, yes, it would have been very coincidental that a satellite happened to be flying by, but he's like, Yep, the satellite has just enough fuel, and I know how to commandeer because he's a communications guy. So all that track, he's like, uh-huh. and it has just has just enough fuel to propel me in a direction I need to go. And I'm like, mm-hmm. kudos to Bob Woody Asking for even somewhat <laughs> being like using satellites accurately. I was like, yay! Yeah. My, <laughs> my my, my space. space my space geek like totally sparked on that one. Loved it. Yeah. That's-
2: those poor people though will never know how that episode of Sledgehammer ends because that that show was only on for one season and it, it so it probably never even got to see it in reruns.
0: Dang. I think Jared I loved, loved that show.
3: It. Yeah, I, I think Jared likes games. that show.
0: I thought that was hilarious that they took yeah. the time to just have two panels of a family trying to watch a show that just, like, gets cut out immediately yeah. because of plaster. I thought that was <laughs> really that, funny. That was
3: life back then, man. You yeah. You to be at the TV to watch it. That's mm-hmm. true.
0: Like, um, then he,
3: if you had a power outage or a big storm. Oh, oh man.
0: What did Four. they do back in the days of Analog? I,
1: I mean, there there were VCRs, but you could not, like, if you had two shows recorded. you can't have two shows recording at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't nope. do that. If you like, if whatever program you had to watch at seven o'clock, it had to be one. You didn't okay. have yep. to be there to watch the other one. So okay. Jose Delbo didn't even forget about that. Uh, John, what do you think about Jose?
2: I I like Jose. I'm I'm going to uh, miss the art as it was. It was really great to see how it goes, and I was really getting used to that. So, but I really like. There's a lot of detail on the uh, Autobots. I know there's an issue coming up. I want to say 42, uh, which I think he draws every Transformer then available in the series at one point. And it's incredible the amount of detail he puts on that. So um, he has. I think that's 41, John. 41, is it? Mm hmm. It's something. I think you're right. It's something else. It's We will get to that. And so that he only has room to grow. Criticism I do have uh, while I like a lot of the coloring, even in the issue in the foregrounds, uh, the backgrounds, again, I think the washedness thing that he does. Uh, kind of debt te- de- uh, is a detriment to a lot of it, especially with the amount of uh Autobots he has in the background. And he's not taking the time to um have them like a- identify themselves or call each other by their names. And hey, thanks the Matrix for that. Otherwise, that'd be the entire panel is like, What do you say, Sea Spray? I think Grimlock sucks, Beachcomber, you know. so. <laughs> But so that the, having washed out um, makes it hard to fi- figure out who a lot of them are. And if they're what had some level of color, it might make it easier, but minor point um, overall, this is
1: a really good, fun issue to look at. Okay. I think we've covered most of the issue. The only thing I want to bring it around again to ask about is any takeaways, like, because we've kind of reached an ending of sorts. Like this whole storyline started, well, with, grimlock taking command of the autobots and then Mm -hmm. as pat very astutely has pointed out grimlock cray cray so that has not worked out and it's kind of come to a head somewhat at least because will jack brought skylinks in uh and the autobots were kind of seemed like they were rooting for blaster because they're like yeah he should he did what we all should have done and we aren't being effective at protecting humans, and we are not being effective at getting rid of Decepticons either. So right now it's looking like they want Blaster to be the leader, but first we have to deal with the issue of Blaster being caught by Grimlock and what exactly the heck is going to happen with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one other thing. And they seem to maybe touching on this next issue. We can't forget that Goldbug is captive by the I.I.I. right by the um, the government agency oh, and yeah. him and the Throttlebots, They're all captured right now. We don't know what the heck's going to happen with them. And maybe this is all adding up to something. You know, dare Not- I say what? Go ahead, John.
2: Not to mention uh that there also are a couple of spaceships uh from Nebulos approaching Earth, both with alternate uh, groups of um, different multi-headed uh robots oh, yeah, who might have a part mm. to play
1: in all of this. Ooh. Lest we not forget about that. I mean, we dedicated a whole Transformers Chronicles to it. So, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of a backdrop or things that I have. Uh, have I have I missed anything? Is there anything that uh, our newcomers, our novices, uh, have questions about, or something that they might want to be looking forward in, to in the future?
3: Well, I, I have something that uh, looking forward to, and I alluded to it uh, on our last episode. Um, just going back to Grimlock being cray cray. Um, if you want a T-shirt, if you go to public slash box Crusade, you'll be able to get the Lombax Crusade Grimlock Cray Cray. And if you guys look in your message here right now, you will see the image of Grimlock Cray Cray.
0: <laughs> <Awesome>.
1: <laughs> I
3: want, a lie, I
0: definitely want one a lot.
1: <laughs> that's awesome.
3: And my son get, can, my son did that up.
1: Can you really get that on a t-shirt?
3: Yeah, that's the image. I'll just upload it
1: to T public. Oh, that's freaking amazing! Where's the,
0: Wait,
1: where's the image? Where's the image? at? It's in the check your, in check the your messages. Um, check um, your
0: IMs. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: Oh man! Uh, yeah, that's that that that, <laughs> that actually might have to. If you don't, if, if you that.
2: don't buy one of these, you're just not cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so. that's great. Yeah, you'll
3: yeah. be able to get that out on. T public slash long box crusade. So check it out. If you want to get in on the
1: Grimlock cray cray craze. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> as a, as an expert piece of advertising, Pat, Uh John, Maggie, uh, do y'all have anything uh <laughs> maybe pertaining to the uh, issue or issues that we've read or issues that are upcoming, especially, especially Maggie, Maggie, yeah. do, do you, do you have any big questions or concerns?
0: Me first. Uh, I would be happy to see Grimlock get a little bit of a comeuppance at some point in the next couple issues, because it kind of seems like there's a there's a, a change on the wind um, in terms of leadership, and I, I do kind of hope that I'd like to see Grimlock just taken down like a peg, just the mm. one peg. Um, but it it did also remind me of the one last thing that I thought was really funny in this issue, which is Blaster's giving this very impassioned speech about how Grimlock has kind of led them astray from their original mission, which is to protect those, you know, who can't defend themselves against the Decepticons. And he's like, we should be more concerned with, our duty and our mission first and and not be so concerned with who's in charge and the next panel it's everybody saying whatever you say boss <laughs> like, i think it's you like, missed the message i like, no, you don't
2: understand how desperate we are this no. guy's a lunatic and we went with the fact that he was the strongest one and we're now really regretting that
0: i just thought it was really funny and <laughs> But there are, as, as you all pointed out, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of plot points that still need to be tied up. And I sure mm-hmm. hope that none of them get dropped because that's, like, super annoying um, when something's just left open ended because someone forgot to finish that plot line. I think you're all right. You know, yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, so, yeah, it, it, to see what happens to Grimlock and with Blaster next. Um, and I hope Skylink sticks around a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's, nice. cool. he's weird, but he's cool.
3: I want to know now that Maggie brings that up with Grimlock. Will the other Dinobots kind of ch- turn on him?
0: Yeah, you
3: know what I mean. Not I mean, not so much turn, but go. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, maybe he's making us go down a wrong path here.
0: Because they all follow him off into the asteroid belt to go yeah. fight Skylings. Well, that a very taste loyal in to world. Grimlock. Because yeah. I would think the Dinobots would be more loyal to Grimlock first, and Autobots second. Because that's kind of their whole shtick.
2: That usually is how they
0: are. So I think if, if Grimlock gets knocked out of power, you know, by blaster or by a referendum or whatever, I would think that the Dinobots would follow Grimlock. But yeah, let's we'll hope
1: let's hope that it's not by referendum because I mean that's that would be a really boring issue to read, right? In this <laughs> in this issue, the Autobots draw up a constitution. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd read it. I'd read it. <laughs> I can see, I can see Roberts writing that for IDW. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. goodness!
1: All right, so I think we have covered everything for Transformers 36, and I think that people liked it, but we'll see. We are, we're not at ratings yet. We are at the touch. So let's talk about it. Who had the touch? This is where we talk about which character stood out the most in the book, be it Autobot, Decepticon, or human. John, who had the touch in Transformers
2: 36? This was actually trickier than I thought. Um, I w- was going to go with Blaster, but I figure someone else will go with Blaster um, for for the many reasons that he deserves it for. But I'm going to give it to Wheeljack. Uh, just He's kind of the silent hero here or the secret hero here um because he's you know been working in close contact with Grimlock for a while you know with fixing the arc you know his massive projects so he's probably been knowing pretty early on how nuts Grimlock is and he knows also that if that Grimlock is high strung and will react with violence so we can't you know actively resist him otherwise he he may die and he figures he's more useful to the cause alive but he knows he has to do something, so he sends a secret message to his extremely powerful guy back on Cybertron, who he knows who can get here, and summons Skylink, then summoning Skylinks, which sets the whole story off. And so all the subsequent events that do happen, um, you can all say, were sparked by Wheeljack sending the message in the first place, so... Good on you, Wheeljack. Plus, I just really like Wheeljack, and it's nice to see him.
1: Wheeljack was the catalyst for sure, and I will go instead with Blaster. I do like Blaster kind of playing the role of cowboy. You know, even though he was kind of forced into it, he was going to do the peaceful thing and surrender. And Sammy was like, "Mm -mm, nope, nope, you can't. And so for... Blaster to jump on a satellite, almost get incinerated by the ARCS rockets. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> get,
1: on, get on board, give a rousing speech, and then finally do the right peaceful action in order to protect human life. I go with Blaster. I don't think Optimus Prime had that good a day or. That hard a day. Mm. I and agree. He had his Head yanked off. <laughs> I agree. He, he was he was Optimus head for a few issues, and like no no <laughs> Blaster head at this point. Um. Well, no, there was Blaster head at one point, right? Circuit breaker. Oh, yeah. Detached. Yeah. For yeah. That's true. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then all yeah. the leader things. I guess in order to be a good leader, you have to have your head detached.
5: From it. <laughs> <laughs> which, one
2: which means there's hope for my boy Cosmos then, too. Yes,
5: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Pat, who had the to touch? Well, you both pick the two that I was thinking of. So I will go with Wheeljack on this one, uh, just because, as mentioned, he was the silent type guy, uh, had his scheme going on getting his friend involved to help. Um, not only, you know, the main part was to help them overcome Grimlock, but he also, when the humans were in trouble and Blaster were in trouble, that was his main mission, then turned to do that. Then,
1: very nice, Pat. Maggie, wrap us up.
0: Well, I was going to give it to Wheeljack, <laughs> but because that's been taken twice now, I'll give it to Skylinks because uh, he took care of the kiddos. For a good chunk of the whole, everything going on in space, and uh, kept them safe while he single-handedly took on each individual Dinobot for a little while there in the asteroid field belt, um, and and held them off until he got you know surrounded. But that was more part of Grimlock's plan. Grimlock was actually more conniving in this one than I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's actually like kind of thinking things out. Um, but Skylink's holds his own. And, and he's the new guy, you know, being introduced in the issue. So I'll give more than meets the eye to the ice guy links.
1: Very nice. Very, very nice. Now if we've talked about the touch, then someone had to be out of touch. We talk about the character that was the worst in the book. And they should be watching TV, but have the programs interrupted because the satellite went literally out of orbit because <laughs> a giant robot commandeered it. Not that you would know that because you're in BFE New Jersey. In the segment called less than meets the eye. We'll go back to Maggie. Maggie who to you was less than meets the eye.
0: I boy, that's a tough one for me in this issue cuz no one really stood out as being particularly bad except for Grimlock just kind of being his normal crazy self. I guess I I would if I had to pick someone I'd give it to Grimlock. I feel like that's a cheat cuz I feel like that's like the low-hanging fruit. But you did pick me first, so this is what you get. So <laughs> he was gonna like it, he used children as bait. Yes, and he uh, is completely choked another obsessed.
3: robot. Huh? He choked another robot.
0: Yeah, he attacked Wheeljack. Yeah. Um, results, not excuses, it says. Grimlock,
1: yeah. <laughs> then he choked him. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it, <laughs> it was so mean and unnecessary. There's, yeah, I know
0: it, <laughs> There's even like a panel where he's just standing in this kind of like Captain Jack sort of pose with his fist raised to the window, just like, <laughs> very conquistador kind of a thing. So I get, and he's just being like a typical kind of arrogant monarch jerk. Yeah, Grimlock. So. I'm going to give it to him.
1: Nice. John, your turn. Who was less than meets the eye? I mean, I almost
2: didn't want to give it to Grimlock because Grimlock at the end of the day does achieve his goals. He does win it. But the on end. the yeah. other hand, I he did try to kill children. Right. And, and so I'm going to give it to Grimlock.
0: I mean, he wasn't going to like intentionally kill them, but he was definitely putting them in a position <laughs> where they could easily die. <laughs> yes. It was a little startling.
1: Yes. Startling indeed. Yes. Pat, who was less than meets the eye to you? It's got to be
3: Grimlock in this one. Um, And and you're right. There really isn't any other character in there, unfortunately, to kind of oppose him on this one. So it's it's not like less than meets the eye. Not really. He's being Grimlock. You know, he's just being cray-cray. So he's doing what he does, just being really weird. So there was really no opposing person or no opposing robot or anybody to go against him. I can't, you know, would I blame... The kid for opening up the airlock and doing up. No, that was, that was his way of getting blasted out. So yeah, I couldn't find anybody else. See, I can,
1: and I did think of this spur of the moment, but I, I will stick with it and, and, and hear me out, y'all. Hear me out, okay. Omega Supreme. I can't wait. Where the hell is Omega <laughs> Supreme? Like, why did Will Jack have to call Skylinks in the first place to fly? <laughs> in- <laughs> billion miles from Cybertron, when Omega Supreme <laughs> is sitting there and could whoop Grimlock's, but where is he? Like I just like, and I mean, it's like. Omega, could you please like take over? You're clearly the biggest and powerful of all. Uh, I-, I am the domination to your solution to the <laughs> equation of the calculation. Man, what? <laughs> Just knock <laughs> Grimlock out and take over <laughs> and become the leader of the Autobots. <laughs> that's that's my lesson, Misiot. I want to know. Where in the hell is Omega Supreme? He could be, he could have ended all this and Grimlock wouldn't have had a chance to go Cray Cray. He could have just freaking blown him into orbit. Done. Yeah. The end. Happy ending. Omega Supreme. Thank you for your agree Yeah. I see, you know, I, I made I kind of made sense. Sort of. Nope. Brilliant. Yeah. No notes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I one. appreciate it. I appreciate that. Uh, Unwavering positivity about my negativity. Now I'm sounding like a mega Supreme. Now is the time for overall ratings for this book. You know the deal, guys. One to ten. One being lowest. Ten being the highest. I'll go first. I I mean, I had fun discussing this. I I, I read this and at first I I was kind of at seven territory, but I'm willing to take it up to an eight because... I do like what happened in this storyline. And what happened in the storyline is that it's a continuation of what's been going on basically since we said farewell to Optimus Prime, right? Like like there's been this power struggle that's been going on within the Autobots. They thought they had it solved kind of immediately with Grimlock. They don't. And now it's looking like they're looking for a new leader. Is that going to be Blaster? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, But like he certainly has taken on the role of being, a brave character who wants to do the right thing that's protect humans and then get them all planet, but like get rid of the Decepticons before they do. So, so there are a lot of good elements and I like how that storyline was advanced and I like that Jose Delbo came in as a new penciler and did a great job. So I'm cool with an eight. Uh, let's go with Pat. Pat, what would you rate transformers 36?
3: I'm with you at an eight. I enjoyed the artwork. I enjoyed the story. Uh, With the story, we got more action or characterization of some of those stories that have been kind of building up. Like you said, you know, we got Grimlock in this and, and that leadership battle that's going on. Last issue, we didn't have that. We had the kids and the other two bigger robots, but that was about it. This really felt like it was going somewhere and just building on some of the other stories. So I'm really anxious to read the next story coming up to see. Does Blaster get control here or or how does what what ha- what happens? I, I want to know.
1: I like to hear that. I like to hear my new folks excited to hear that or read that next issue. And let's go to the other new folk. Maggie, what would you rate Transformers 36?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with what I gave the cover. I'm going to give it a nine. I thought it was a fun read. The art was good throughout for sure. I laughed out loud a couple of times. I enjoyed myself while I read it. Um, I had a good time discussing it with y'all, so I will give it a 9.
1: Awesome, and we will wrap up with John. Um, it
2: felt like an 8 while I was reading it, um, talking about it, uh, bumped it up to a 9 for me. Uh, we didn't, didn't really talk too much about the action. Um, there's some just great action sequences in, in this, very clever. They managed to do basically a land battle in space. They're hopping around on and asteroids and, and fighting each other and all of this cool stuff. And the transformation sequences are well done. I liked blaster turning from a you know from the mm-hmm. tape deck to the to a robot in order to grab onto the satellite and that bit. Just some fun stuff. It just really put a charge in me and and I'm excited to see uh, to read where it's coming because there's some pretty fun stuff coming up over the next few months.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> And with that, we can and never will leave you without John, segment of the show called Transformer Spotlight, where he discusses a particular Transformer that was featured in today's issue. All yours, John. All right, we are talking about Skylinks.
0: Yay, Skylinks, although I did kind of think it would be Daisy this time, but I guess she's not a Transformer.
2: No, plus they haven't made a scale high enough to do it with her stats, <laughs> at least her courage. Uh, Skylinks. Here's what you'd read on the back of his toy if you were lucky enough to have a mother who would buy him like my friend Randy and not like my mother. I already don't
1: like your... I don't like your friend Randy already.
2: (laughs) Love you, Mom. Uh, Skylink's Allegiance is Autobot. His function is Lieutenant Commander. Unless you're reading this in the Transformers UK, then I imagine it would be Lieutenant Commander because you guys don't like the French over there. Um, His... Motto is: "The best achievements are worth repeating." A powerful fighter, self-centered and boastful, fearless, daring, believes himself to be superior to many of his fellow Autobots. Shell resistance and steel-reinforced hull can withstand enemy bombardment and extreme temperature variations. Possesses solar-powered auxiliary engines. What, was that? How do you? What is that? I know this word. I've heard it used. A- A- c- A- c- Celsius. A- no. Acetylene. Acetylene blaster inside cockpit shoots 3,000 degrees Celsius flames. (laughs) And Space Shuttle has interplanetary travel capabilities. Maximum speed 30,000 miles per hour, range 40 million miles. Which actually isn't all that fast for interstellar, but he does the warp speed thing apparently. Uh, Check out these stats on a scale of 1 to 10. His strength is 10. His intelligence is 8, his speed is 10, his endurance is 10, his rank is 9, his courage is 10, his firepower is 7, and his skill is 8. So I guess a lot of his bragging and um, belief in the superiority of himself comes from a pretty solid place. The toy was pretty amazing. It was... Uh, It would transform from a space shuttle into either two robots that you could combine into one larger robot, which looked like kind of the Lynx guy you see hopping around in the asteroids in this issue and the big dinosaur-looking bird uh, on the cover. He looked pretty great, even for the time they've done several remakes or reversions of him. The most recent one is even more incredible. and It was motorized and walking, and anyone who had it um, I hate you. How much was it? It was probably at the time it was up there with what with your um like Metroplex and Trypticon stuff, it was definitely of the larger varieties. Probably wasn't as much as Fortress Maximus was, but I think that was the most expensive one.
1: Mm. It was a cool toy. I can't remember. I want to say my uncle had it. But I'm blanking on it. I, I feel like I've played with Skylinks before. Absolutely a cool toy, you know, space shuttle plus like this cool yeah. cat. It combines into the pterodactyl. What an awesome concept! Whoever came up with that, they they deserve a raise right now. Like, Find them, wherever they are, give them a raise. Skylinks is cool. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yes, no. sir here um this is pretty much the most we're gonna get out of skylinks he does show up again in the background but much like omega supreme he's just too cool to have actually do things so they just have him look at us look at him he if you like him you can watch season three of the cartoon though he shows up there all the time he
0: sure does and
2: he talks like david attenborough from BBC documentaries and um, is constantly bragging about how great he was and pointing out that he's not a Dinobot. He's very adamant about that.
4: Why am I under investigation? I'm not a Dinobot. You got dinosaur electrons in your circuits, Skylinks. Nevertheless, I am definitely not a Dinobot. I refuse to participate
5: in this kangaroo court.
2: Different in the IDW Phase 2 comics, in which he spends most of his time with the Dinobots. They, they pal around and get into um, shenanigans together. But that is our guy, Skylinks.
1: Back to you, Delvin. Thank you, John. We will now go to a promo break.
4: The Transformers will return after these messages. calls. They answer, bringing the fight for freedom to the front lines. They are the mystery men and women known as the Justice Society of America.
3: Hey there, my name is Al Girding, and I have a favor to ask. If you're a fan of the Justice Society of America, or other DC Comics heroes of the Golden Age, please listen to my new podcast, The All-Star Comics Review. Grab your reprints, DC Archive Editions, or the original comics if you're lucky enough to own them, and let's explore the adventures of the JSA and other Golden Age greats. Follow along with the All-Star Comics Review Podcast, now found on iTunes,
1: allstarcomicsreview.blogspot.com, and Facebook.
4: We now return to the Transformers.
1: Now it's time for transmissions where we heap praise upon the audience for listening to us. We always appreciate uh, the love and attention we get from uh, the show via likes and retweets. And while we don't have likes or retweets, we do have a comment from a very, very special person who dropped into the DMs of Longbox Crusade to talk about Transformers Chronicles. Uh her name is uh Ritz at Ritz Travers, uh R I T Z at R I T Z T R A V E R S. That is her artwork on Twitter. She did a minimalist redraw of Transformers Issue One and also the issue we're talking about now, Transformers Issue 36, which is freaking I mean it's spectacular. Her artwork, like I mean it is very good. It is, it is really good. And she said that we could actually use it for YouTube. So I'm excited to see that come up for YouTube for Transformers 36. That I mean, the artwork is awesome. And hopefully, if you're watching this or listening to it on YouTube, you get to see her artwork and you go in and, and, and give that woman some money because she did some awesome stuff. But she also provided awesome comments. She said, this podcast actually got me into reading comics. I really like the way you guys always explain things. It's a very comfortable vibe, plus the bonus of all the facts. I kind of tiptoed into comic book interest a few times before in my life and always had been intimidated away. So when I believe it was you who said it was your first read through also, I felt comfortable enough to have a first read through of something. Nobody fesses up to that. Whenever you stumble into a space where someone is discussing comics, it seems like they're always an expert. It was more like listening to friends who happen to know a lot about a thing, talk about the thing, instead of how it usually feels like I transferred into a class two weeks late and didn't know about the assigned reading. I ended up on this particular podcast because the internet kept telling me to start off with like 2012 Hawkeye. I'm sure it's swell, but it comes off like an outrageous lie. And so I figured if someone made podcast breakdowns of a run, it was probably an enjoyable comic run, and I had some positive opinions of Transformers from the Armada cartoon when I was younger. It worked out. I'm enjoying the comic a lot. <sighs> wow. Um, that
0: is so cool.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: amazing.
1: I, yeah. I, I'm speechless. That, that is that is beyond flattering. And, and Ritz, what The crazy thing is i mean this started where i can't remember there's some comment on facebook or something about transformers and i don't know i said something and then john commented on it and like we should do a podcast on it and like we didn't we didn't (laughs) we barely knew each other at all and we Mm -hmm. came we came up with this and we kind of just figured it out along the way. Like, I absolutely love the Transformers run. It is what got me into comic books. I know John also loved the original run, too. And it was from that love that kind of spawned this. And Pat, no kidding, had not read this these comic books. And Maggie hadn't read any of them either. And she came along a little bit later. But what you're hearing is it, it cannot be more organic. Um, we, I, I actually pick up the issues and I, I can smile because like, I get a memory of what it was like when I was a kid. Like, for instance, I know I've read Transformers 36 before, but I didn't remember it. So reading it again, it kind of just put me back into that time frame, And it's yeah. really awesome to uh, hear and see what uh, Pat and Maggie have to think about it and what John thought about it as a kid, because it just it gives me an opportunity to share something that I loved and cherished as a child and can present it to people who I care about now as an adult. And it, it, it always makes me really happy when like, especially John and Maggie or excuse me, Pat and Maggie read the book and they enjoyed it. And like from a newcomer's eyes. And so that Ritz is able to do so I'm blown away. That is, that's fantastic.
3: Yeah. It was a very nice conversation and email to get, uh with Ritz. So I, I really it's uh, like Delvin saying, in we really appreciate it. And that's yeah, you know, just basically
1: what that's the concept of the whole show. <laughs> I've yeah, got all the dopamine I'm gonna need for the rest <laughs> of the week
5: now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I feel very seen um in a very um very touching way. That was that was that was so fantastic. Thank you so much for that.
2: Well I'm happy that to hear that we can do that. For someone and that we don't come across especially i had come across like a bit like a stupid expert trying to preach you know to you all of this stuff that we are because we are just a bunch of friends who yeah. like the stuff and talk about it on, get good conversations that. going yeah yep i mean we get stuff wrong well i get stuff wrong
0: i get people's names wrong <laughs>
2: yeah it, it's <laughs> great but to hear that somebody has decided that not only that this is this podcast has gotten into comics. Well, I hope that your that you continue to get into it. That your love of them lasts for many, many years. And also, that Matt Fraction
1: uh, Hawkeye uh, series is pretty great.
0: If you ever find yourself in a mood for it and you got the time, would recommend
1: that. That Matt Fraction Hawkeye was really, really good. Ritz
0: <laughs> <laughs> anything is really good.
1: Yeah, Matt it's Fraction so is a very. She is a very. He is a very good writer. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. As for uh, everyone else, uh, if you're not providing us commentary like that, we don't want to hear your comments. So don't say, I'm kidding.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am kidding. Totally. Thank you. Like to anybody who ever wants to take the time to uh, write in to even give us a like or share a retweet. Thank you so much for, it. we are truly honored and appreciative of that. So just got to put that out uh, into the ether. Once again, like we say it, it is not cliche We are truly, truly thankful for anyone who listens to this podcast or wants to take the time to share it with someone else. Thank you. And that's the show. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 37, where we see the ThrottleBots and Goldbug again, but... Not really quite in the way you think. Trust me on that. You're just going to have to come and join us and check it out. If you'd like to hear more from us, Longbox Crusade, we're in a lot of places. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. If you look up Longbox Crusade, we are there. We would love for you to join us on Patreon. One dollar a month will get you a whole lot of stuff. You should come check us out. YouTube, we're throwing content on there multiple times a week. and We would love to have your subscription and we'd love for you to tell a friend about it as well. We have a couple of live programs to so do a live stream once a month, every second Sunday. Come out to play a New Warriors podcast that I host. Um, a lot of goodness is going there, so please subscribe. Please tell a friend about it. We even have a voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail, comment about this show or any other show on Lombardi's Crusade Network at 707-532-5269. That is box. I hear Pat coming off mute. Pick up the
5: phone.
1: Pick up the phone. Give us a call.
5: Hey, guys. This is Auburn Elvis, and I'm leaving a message for the Transformer show with uh, Delvin and the smart guy who's married to Maggie. He knows what you did. Um, Oh, man. I'm listening to some of the older episodes. I got to the uh, Jetfire episode. Oh, I love Jetfire. I actually had that one as a kid. Uh, it was really neat to find out some of the information, because he was well made, much better made than most of the other Transformers, a lot of metal in that one, and I'll tell you, um, it actually had some all-metal landing gear that had a little lever that you would pull uh, above each one, and it would pop out, and uh, actually, as a kid, funny story, I opened up one of the, the things, I pulled the little lever on the shin, and it popped out, the landing gear hit me right in the fingernail, and left a bruise on my fingernail, so... You know, these things were serious toys, uh, and it makes sense because they were basically ripped off from another toy line. Anyway, jet fire, great, horribly underused, though, probably because they didn't know how much they could get away with since they stole him. Um, but yeah, a lot of metal and uh, probably the spring tension on that landing gear was a little too tight. So, anyway, love the podcast. You guys are doing great. Uh, till all are one.
1: You can even email us old school style at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Now it's time for John and Maggie to tell us where they can be found on internet as well as their podcast.
2: If you like Transformers stuff, and if you're listening to us, you probably do. You can check uh, Maggie and myself as well as John M. Wilson on the rod pod, where we cover the IDW phase two Transformers comics in order. Like we cover the Marvel ones here and also, we do married watching cartoons, married with comics, and several other MWC-related things on the MWC Network. Right now, we're doing daily dose of Dragonlance. I'm doing with John M. Wilson, Clinton Robinson, and Lane. I'll be doing that for a bit, but also mixing the other ones in. You'll notice that one doesn't doesn't acronym off to MWC. That's just something you'll have to work out. For yourselves. Uh, but just the best way to find it is to just point your podcatcher to MWC Podcasts or Married with Comics. We're on all of the podcast places Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or just ask your Audible device to play MWC Podcasts.
3: Pat, where can you be found? Well, Jonathan, I'm glad you asked. I can be found on Twitter at Christatos01. And I also enjoy. Your podcast of Married with Cookies and Married with Cooking <laughs> as well, too.
0: <gasps> Married with Cooking.
3: I know it's like a food show where you guys, you know, do a little that
2: video.
0: Should hey. be kind of fun. Hmm.
3: Today on Married with Cooking,
2: cooking. we burned things again. <laughs> Good night. Such a name.
3: I uh, hey, well, we're looking for you other YouTube videos. So if you guys want to make a video. <laughs>
2: Pat
1: anyway. is always marketing. Yes, you can find me by the way at dee underscore rey one nine seven seven, and I'm looking forward to John and Maggie's podcast, Married Watching Cassandra, which, for the purposes of this joke, is <laughs> your <next-door> neighbor. Um, <laughs> see you all next time, and remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Till all are one.
5: Till all
1: are one. You got the touch you got the power
5: Yeah!
1: All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics.
4: Now, remember... Before you do anything, think, is this what stylings would do in my position? And you will not go far wrong.